I wonder whether you have ever doubted. We don't really talk about doubt much in church because we're meant to be a place of faith. And the last, last week's passages talked about faith and having faith and God would heal and restore. Just say the word, Jesus, and, and my servant will be healed. And our passage last week ended with the crowd saying, Luke chapter 7, verse 16, God has come to help his people. And we believe that today, and we are praying that God will help his people. We're to be people of faith. So what do we do when doubt creeps in? If you're British here, a lot of us will just put a mask on and ignore that doubt, that faith wobble. There's, there are two words in the New Testament for faith. Um, the one that I'm talking about today is distadzo in Greek, which means a faith wobble, a hesitancy. It's a lessening of the faith that you have. It's the word that is used for the disciples when they worship Jesus on the mountaintop before he, he flies up into heaven. It says that some of them um, doubted whilst they worshipped. They hesitated. They had a bit of a wobble of their faith. I want us to think about that today. Maybe you have had a faith wobble or are going through a faith wobble today because of illness, sickness, unanswered prayer just not understanding why God did this or didn't do something. For me, the biggest time I went through this distadzo was in May 2016 and June 2016 and July 2016, following the 6th of May of that year. Jill Matthews, where are you, Jill? There, she didn't cause it, don't worry. Jill and I uh, went out on the, the day before door to door, and we, we prayed to Jesus. I've shared this story with people before, and we knocked on the doors that God was leading us to, and we met a guy who'd hit rock bottom. He needed an answer to prayer. He needed to know, Luke chapter 7, verse 16, God has come to help his people, and God came to help him that day. A friend on that day, well, that night, who was living in Birmingham at the time, needed someone to knock on her door. And no one did. And, and she took her life. And for months, I was thinking, why, God? How could you do this for one person? God has come to help his people knock on the door. But for my friends who needed you as well, no one knocked on the door. I went through a season of distadzo, a faith wobble, a season of doubt, not in the existence of God. My faith was still there, not that God loves, but I questioned what kind of God, what kind of love. I was a pastor at the time, I still am. What, do, what does a pastor do when they go through wobbles like this? Or a church leader? What do you do as a follower of Jesus when you go through a wobble of your faith because of something that has happened? When you have questions, when you have a wobble, and the wobble isn't just about the situation, but it ends up being about God. 
and you're not quite certain about him. It's a bit blurry, and you're not sure where, where you stand. That's the meaning of distadzo. Your feet are, are kind of secure in one place, but also kind of beginning to go into another, and you just don't know. This morning's message is all about dealing with doubt and how we go from a place of question and doubt to a place of faith. But not just a big jump, but as Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. And the next passage that we're looking at in Luke chapter 7 And at that moment, lots of people are grabbing their Bibles or turning them on, hopefully. Luke chapter 7. We see a man who has been full of faith, yet he has a faith wobble. And we're going to have a look at that together. But let's just pray before we open God's words. God, we have sung, lift up our eyes to you, the giver of life. Help us to face the reality of life and the wobbles that we are going through, have gone through, or maybe will go through. And teach us this morning through your word and by your spirit what to do and how to see you and walk towards you in it. Amen. Lois, I was just wondering whether you could get the screen at the back on as well, just so that I can see what's behind me rather than getting a crook in my neck as well. Thank you. Let's read God's words. John's disciples told him all about these things. That What things? Well, previous passage, God has come to help his people. Everyone is filled with awe and praising God because of Jesus. And John's disciples told him about all these things, calling two of them, He sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to ask you, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, illnesses and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So they replied, So so he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John. Let's just see where we are. Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. 
I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, sorry, there we go, yeah. When they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they'd been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. Jesus went on to say, to what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you and did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither uh, eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but the wisdom is proved right by all her children. We have a passage here where someone has doubt, and I want us to learn this morning, if we are people who have doubt or people who have a faith wobble, to be more like John. And we're going to look at what John does when he has this this wobble. He's in prison. He has access to his friends. I don't know what kind of prison I I can compare it to. Um, But clearly, he can get a message message to his his disciples, his followers, uh, and they can report back to him. But if we're to be a bit more like John when we have a faith wobble, I want us to to think of who John is or was so we can be more like him. So John the Baptist or John the Baptizer, which is a more accurate uh, naming, was the cousin of Jesus. And we are to be like John because we are also called to be baptizers. Not just the professionals, but each disciple of Jesus is called to be a baptizer. Matthew 28 tells us that. We're to be filled with the Holy Spirit because John was filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, actually, he was filled with the Spirit before he was born. Luke 1.15 tells us of that. And when um, John was still in his mother's womb, in Elizabeth's womb, um, he leapt for joy when he met, or, well, when Elizabeth met Mary who was also pregnant, and Jesus was in Mary's womb, and um, John leapt for joy. John had a preparatory prophetic role, preparing the way for Jesus' ministry, getting people ready, getting people receptive to the message of Jesus, helping them wake up to the reality of God, and we're to be like that as well to do that kind of role. He called people to repentance. We're to do that as well. We're to be like John, to to help people turn away from living for themselves and turn away from their sin and turn back to God. We see that message and and ministry of John in in Luke chapter three. John lived a sacrificial life. Um, He lived focused on, on God and his ministry. He baptized Jesus And John would have witnessed a dove descending on Jesus as he was baptized or came up out of the water and a voice from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. John would have heard that um, clear identity of Jesus 
and known that. He declares in John chapter 1, verse 29, pointing to Jesus, this is the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. John is not just um, someone who always has faith wobbles. John is someone who has had big faith and a big ministry for Jesus. He's someone who's given his whole life to serving him, serving God. Yeah, at this time, Luke chapter 7 and, and in the equivalent passages in Matthew and Mark, when he's in prison, he has a wobble. Doubt creeps in. I wonder if you've experienced this or have, are experiencing this now, where you've gone through life and you've been sold out for Jesus and then something happens, something triggers you to question. Maybe not everything, but questioning some things about God and it just makes you wobbly with your faith. Your faith is still there, but it, it, it diminishes. It, it's distadzo, a lessening of the faith that you once had. Maybe it, it was... Um, it, it's confusion, like for John, I think, think uh, for him it was confusion that it wasn't meant to be this way. I, it, as you read through his story, you, you kind of get the impression that he's preparing the way for a warrior messiah. One that will take, um, the, will bring in God's kingdom by force and, and um, turn over the political systems and things. So maybe he's questioning it wasn't meant to be like this. Maybe that's the question that you've had. That it wasn't meant to be like this, God. I thought it was going to be like this. When I prayed, I thought you were going to answer in this way or that way. When I trusted you, I thought it would be like this or like that. Whether it was confusion or disappointment or just simply the current situation that he was in that was making him wonder and question and doubt. John did something that we need to learn to do, either today or when a, a wobble comes. And we need to help other people do the same. So if this, what I'm saying isn't for you at the moment, think, how can I help others do this? What does John do? He owns his doubt. He owns his questions. He names them as real. He faces the reality of his doubts, doesn't hide the query, but he faces his uncertainty. Let's be more like John. I'm not going to ask you to shout out your doubts, but I'm going to encourage you to face them. And then do the thing that John did next, because he took his doubts to Jesus. He named them and he took them to Jesus. He couldn't escape the prison, but he sent a messenger. We just simply talk to Jesus. Talk to his people and Jesus will speak through his people. John had a choice. And we have a choice as well when we are in this wobble of faith or, or doubt, doubting stage. We can stay in a place of confusion. John didn't have a choice to get out of prison, but he did have a choice not to be imprisoned in his doubt. And when we have doubt, we have a choice to either keep cycling or spiraling 
or to do something about it. So John asks, are you the one, Jesus, or should we expect someone else? John had already heard that Jesus was the one from heaven. John had already declared that Jesus was the one, but in this moment, he wobbles, so he asks, can I encourage you to be more like John, to face the reality of your doubts and take your doubts to Jesus? I don't want us to just be more like John because actually our series is more like Jesus and as disciples of Jesus, we're to be more and more like Jesus and the world would be a better place if anyone just becomes a tiny little bit more like Jesus. So let's be more like Jesus. Jesus replies and it says, "Um, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. And blessed is anyone, or blessed is, is the one who, who, stumbled, who doesn't stumble on account of me. This is something that I want us to become like as a church, a community. Not just as individuals, but as a community. I want us to be a community where it is, it is safe for people to bring their questions, their doubts, their struggles to actually say, I don't fully get this anymore. And to respond to that person in the same way that Jesus does. Because what Jesus does is he reveals truth and he references scripture and he responds. He doesn't say, you sinner, John, get out. He doesn't condemn him. He simply reveals scripture and truth to him and deals graciously with him. He points out the facts, simply revealing truth. This is what is going on, John. This is evidence for you. This is reality for you. You're facing your reality in prison and the reality for you is a question. Let me show you the reality of God's answer. And he says, this is what is happening Blind receive sight, the dead are raised, etc., etc., etc. And what John may have been expecting was, in Jesus' answer, was uh, John, my troops are, are gathering outside Caesarea, uh, the headquarters of the Roman guards, and we're going to, to storm the, the, the kind of the barracks there. Don't worry, John, you're in prison, but I've got it in hand. But actually, Jesus doesn't answer in the way that John expected. John may have been expecting a ministry of judgments beginning, a ministry where God's kingdom was set up by force and fire. But Jesus was establishing the kingdom of heaven with love and with life. And in these words, in his answer, he replies by by basically saying, I'm doing it differently to what you're expecting but I'm doing it according to Scripture because in these words and in the way Jesus ministered, he he fulfills the prophecies from Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 61. I can give you some of the references later if you'd like them. He reveals truth so that John's faith was not based on his experience but was based on truth from Scripture. And we need to help people when they have these wobbles to, to base their faith once again on Scripture 
not just on their experience. Encountering the truth of God's words and allowing his spirit to minister into the mystery when there's a tension. I don't see this yet. John wasn't necessarily seeing those things because he was in prison. So what does God's word say? Well, this is what God's word, word, word says, and you help people look at that. But I don't see it. Well, let's pray for God's spirit to minister into that tension, that mystery. Jesus responds, but not in the way expected. He reveals truth and he reveals scripture, or reference scripture. But then he goes on in verse 23 to encourage, to lift John up out of his uh, wobble. Blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of me. Hold on, John. Don't fall away. Stand firm. You, you can do this. You have been a man of faith. And as we read on, he honors John in front of everyone. In verse 24 to 28, he publicly calls out who John really is. John isn't the wobbler. He's the baptizer. John is, is the prophet who has great honor in God's kingdom. The greatest um, so, so in verse 28, it says, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Jesus honors that person. He honors John even in the moment when he wobbles. And as a church, when people wobble, I want us to honor them, to draw out of them the faith that they once had so that when they come through the wobble, they are stronger and more honored than when they went into that wobble. We draw it out of them by honoring them publicly and also privately. Graciously, truthfully honoring them and pulling them through the season or a weak season that they may be going through. Jesus reminds people of John's real identity, not a swaying reed, but a strong oak of faith. So, what do we do when we have faith wobbles or when friends do? We help them or help ourselves to face reality, to actually own it, name it, understand that there are times where we have questions. Don't hide them. Bring them out into the open and take them to Jesus. Do something about them. Talk to a friend that you trust, that you know will be someone who will reveal truth to you from Scripture and allow God's Spirit to minister to you. As we read through the rest of the passage, and I won't go into too much detail in this, um, you can read it for yourselves and um, we can maybe have a chat about it another time. Jesus basically addresses those who are closed down to seeing Jesus as he really is. The Pharisees and the experts in the law have made a decision and they've rejected God's purpose for themselves. These are the cynics and the skeptics. These are, are people who've gone beyond the doubt, gone beyond a faith wobble. These are people who James chapter 1 verse 6 would talk about as doubters. but they don't actually have proper faith. 
And Jesus talks to them um, when he, he says, um, to what then can I compare the people of this generation? They're basically like, like um, people who, Jesus could ba- basically be all singing, all dancing, smoke signals in the sky, miracles, banners, processions, anything and everything, and still they wouldn't believe. That's the kind of generation that he was comparing them to. They've closed off, and there's a warning there in the rest of the passage. Don't be like them. Be like John. Be like Jesus. Face the reality. Do something about it. Do that with Jesus. Do that with someone else and Jesus. Don't allow yourself to go down a cynical cycle. You might be doubting the fact that Jesus wants you to bring, bring them. Well, in verse 34, Jesus is described as a friend of sinners. You may have been told earlier in your life that if you doubt, that's a sin. Well, thankfully, we have a friend of sinners that we can take our sins to. So friends, be like John the Baptist when you have a faith wobble. Take it to Jesus. Be like Thomas the disciple who went the furthest with the gospel out of the original 12 who allowed Jesus to come to him to meet him in his doubts. Be like Peter who cried out to Jesus when he went through a wobble and started to sink in the wind and the waves. Crying out to Jesus and allow Jesus to reveal his truth to you. In May 2016, as I said, I had a wobble. I still have questions but I've taken them to Jesus and I keep on doing that. Can you join me in that? And join me in being a community where we do that with each other. The first... Sorry, there we go. The first step of faith... is one that some of us will need to take this morning. And our prayer might be from uh, the words of a father in Mark 9, verse 24, where he says to Jesus, I do believe, help my unbelief. So let's pray. Our stewards and uh, the band come and lead us in a time of response. Jesus, we thank you that you will not Break the bruised reed. It says that in Isaiah 42, and we believe it to be true, that you will be kind and gentle to those who are bruised. You will be kind and gentle to the the people watching online and in this room today who have lost loved ones and have questions to bring to you. You will be kind and gentle with those of us who have questions and are hurting and have a, a little faith, and because of that little faith, we take a step towards you not away from you. And we choose to do that this morning. We do believe, help our unbelief. Through our disappointments, we step towards you. Through our 
just not knowing why it didn't work out in the way that we thought it would. We step towards you. And by your Holy Spirit and through your people, in accordance with your holy words, reveal truth, reveal reality of yourself and your purposes and your heart. Minister into the tension, minister into the mystery, and lead us forwards as a community of followers of you. In Jesus' name, amen. 